0: Morning, Heartland. It is so great to be together. And I say that intentionally. I know that we cannot gather here in this space, but nevertheless, we are here Together, whether you're tuning in from your patio or your living room, maybe you've gathered your family together, maybe you are solo today, but we know, I experience it when I'm at home or when I'm here, that we are in this together. And so I wanted to bring sort of a message of encouragement from my little family, the Davidson crew, to all of you today. My daughter Stella is seven, and Stella made this beautiful picture. And it says, we're all in this together, even if we're not holding hands right now. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? We truly are all in this together even if we can't hold hands. And so this morning, Nick asked, hey, how how are you guys doing? And my response was, man, we're amazing. This has been incredible. The time that we've had together, ways we're learning and growing. We do not want to go back to the way things used to be. And yesterday was terrible, (laughs) <laughs> Maybe you can relate, and I don't mean like terrible, terrible. I just mean really, really difficult. We are all at our wit's end, kind of sheltering in place together, and I'm I'm conscious that all of us feel that same way together. Hopefully, there are moments that are amazing. I'm sure there are many moments that just seem terrible and plenty of moments in between. But from the Davidson family to your family, we are all in this together, even though we can't hold hands. Well, we are in a series that's called The Story Continues. We're looking at the book of Acts, and it's made me think about Heartland's story, our journey. And if you've been around for a while, you know the story of where we began, that there were 23 people, men and women, who met in a basement, and the pastor spoke from an ironing board. But they had a passion for God and for reaching those who were unchurched, who who wouldn't step foot in a normal church. And what we know from that time is they got together and they they prayed. They prayed for the presence and power of God and he continued to show up in amazing ways. And that's been true about our journey, our story throughout the years and the decades. Yes, when things were going well, but also when things were challenging. Like those times when our founding pastor transitioned on, we spent time praying and we saw God show up. Like that other time when we were at our old building, 8301 Lamar, and we outgrew the parking spots and the seats in the uh, auditorium. There just wasn't space for all the people that we believed God wanted uh, to to bring into our family and to hear the good news. So we prayed and we waited and we put on blindfolds and we prayed and we waited some more and we prayed and eventually God showed up and gave us this beautiful building that nine others and I are in right now and it makes us so appreciate the gift of this building that God gave us. But not only did he give us space in which we could, could operate as a church, both when we gather and scatter, but he also gave a blueprint on our walls. And you've seen this picture if you've been around many times. It's this arrows out image. And that's just our belief that this building here is holy ground, like this is a city on a hill, And but what we hope happens in here fills the streets out there in neighborhoods and workplaces all over our community, all over our city, and all over the world. And so, Heartland, though we can't hold hands right now, though we're not all in the same place, we are all in this together. But it's made me think as we're talking about our story, or as I'm thinking about our story, looking in the book of Acts, because it occurred to me this week, while our story didn't begin 30-some years ago, it began 2,000 years ago. Our story didn't begin with 23 people in a basement in Kansas City. It began with 120 people in a room in Jerusalem. It didn't begin with triumph. It began with tragedy of the life, death, and then resurrection of Jesus. And so our story continues in their story. And so what we know is uh, last week, Jay began and he shared the story about how Jesus gave a mission to that first church. But to accomplish that mission, Jesus, the risen Christ, said, wait. This is where we left off last week from Acts chapter 1, verse 4. Jesus commanded them, don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift as promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And so that first church is sheltering in place. They're waiting for God to send his spirit. And his spirit comes, and they don't just receive the presence of God, but the Holy Spirit comes in power. Just as Jesus said, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And that's where we left the story off last week, as uh, the first church is waiting, and they're praying. And what we see this week as we turn the page to Acts chapter 2, we see the Holy Spirit come. We see him bringing his presence and the power of God. And it's an amazing continuation of the story. If you're following along, maybe pull out the Bible if you have it. We're in Acts chapter 2. It's a longer passage, so I'm just going to read bits and pieces of it. But it's a powerful story that we continue in our lives today. Starting in verse 1. I mean, this is, this is wild sort of stuff that they're praying, they're waiting, they know God will send a spirit, but when the spirit of God comes, he comes as a flame in what looks like tongues of fire and they're able to speak in all these foreign languages that they didn't know the day before. And not only that, people have come from all over the known world and they're able to hear all the wonderful things God has done in their native language. It's amazing. But they were completely amazed, it says in verse 7. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean, they asked one another. Well, what can this mean? They were asking that question in that first day, and we might be asking similar questions today. Maybe we didn't grow up in the church, and so this is a really peculiar sort of passage. Or maybe we grew up in the church, and depending upon our denomination or our background, we're really excited and comfortable with the idea of God's Holy Spirit and, and the way he moves and acts, or we may be very uncomfortable with this idea. What does this mean? Well, let me give three things that this means for all of us that are really significant. The first is just why this strange thing about God coming with his Spirit with these flames and tongues of fire? Well, it's actually quite simple. From Old Testament times, when the presence of God showed up, He would show up within the the presence of fire, the the burning bush, the way Israel was led. The presence of God uh, would come with a sense of of a flame of fire, represented God's presence. Why the, the tongue image? Well, it's simple there are people from across the known world at the time who speak all these different languages and the holy spirit wants to share in ways that everyone can hear and understand so in that day in that room this one of a time one of a kind event where the holy spirit comes and gives them the ability to speak in the tongue of anyone who might hear that's the first thing that's happening very significant in the text but there's another thing that's happening So Jesus had said, hey, it's better if I leave because I will send the promised one, the gift, the Holy Spirit. And so he tells them to wait in Jerusalem and pray. And so they're praying and they're waiting. And it's been about 50 days. Now, if they would have just kind of gone past the season of praying and waiting, they might have been sent, had a sense of God wanting to really use them and make a difference. And so if they would have left day 7 or day 30 or even day 49 before they experienced the presence and power of God, surely they would have made a difference. But they'd be confined and limited to the amount they could travel into if people could if spoke their same language. But because they waited... Fifty days later, God knew that everyone from across the known world would descend upon Jerusalem during Pentecost, the next festival. Isn't that amazing? So Jesus had said, wait for the Holy Spirit, and you'll be my witnesses in, Jude- in Jerusalem right in the middle, in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That's what we talked about last week. And Jesus this week, through the presence and power of the Holy Spirit, is bringing the nations there to Jerusalem where they can see and hear and encounter the power and presence of God in ways that they can understand. It's so significant, but here's the primary thing I want you and I to hear today that we see in the text, and it's just simply this. Everyone can encounter the power and presence of God. Everyone can encounter the power and presence of God. We see this in the text as Peter, the the apostle, stands up to this group who are now hearing about the good news of Jesus in ways that they can understand in their language for the first time about Jesus' life and death and resurrection. That this was God's plan to unleash his kingdom, to welcome all people back to himself. And so Peter says this. God raised Jesus from the dead and we are all witnesses of this. Now he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as he had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us just as you see and hear today. Do you hear what Peter's saying? This is the promise. This is the gift of God. It's his Holy Spirit. And the promise is that God's presence will be upon them And his spirit will empower them to be and bring good news to all people. And so Peter continues, listen carefully, all of you fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. And I would say, listen carefully, Kansas City. Listen carefully, you and I here today, wherever we're at. Make no mistake about this. What you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. See, this is what's happening in the text. This is what's happening at that day in Pentecost where God's Holy Spirit who's living and active is now poured out on all people. Everyone can encounter the power and presence of God. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever experienced that? What has your experience been with encountering the presence of or the power of God's Holy Spirit. You see, this is where, again, we may be leaning in, we may be excited, we may be wanting to grow, or this is where at home, wherever we are, we may have our arms crossed, like, uh uh-oh, this is about to get crazy. You see, the Holy Spirit is promised as a gift, and as I was talking to my friend Steve Fisher, who was one of those 23 in that basement, we were just talking about this idea of the gift, the promise of God, his presence, and his power, and yet it's been so misused and mishandled and misunderstood that we so often just put it up on a shelf and forget about it. Has that been true for you? I know that's been true for me in my life for much of my Christian journey, but I've been learning and experiencing and want to pass on to all of us today that everyone can encounter the power and the presence of God. And so maybe just by way of my story and how that's looked for me, I want to invite you into that journey by hearing my journey of prayer. You see, prayer is the pathway by which we can encounter the power and the presence of God. So for me, it didn't begin grand. For me, prayer, uh, honestly, growing up was more of a duty. You know, it was something you did before meal or right before you went to bed. I knew that when we gathered, you know, doing christian things, we'd begin with a word of prayer. It was sort of a duty. It wasn't necessarily a bad thing, just it was something you had to do. But as I grew in my faith around the days of college, I knew there had to be more to prayer. And so I was encouraged to do the discipline of prayer. And for me, prayer moved from duty to discipline. And these were stretching new muscles for me. A discipline is just doing something you wouldn't normally or naturally do so that those things can become normal and natural to you. And so I just picked up this simple prayer plan and began to pray that at a regular time each day and my prayer life, and therefore my encounter of God moved from just duty to a discipline. But it didn't stop there. As I'd do that, I'd spend more time cultivating that relationship with Jesus and developing a conversation. And so I began to just talk to him like I would talk to a friend and share my thoughts and desires, my struggles, and all of that. And I felt a real sense of growing in a desire to spend time with him to grow in that sense of prayer. And, and I felt like there would be times where I was on the right path and I'd, I'd sort of feel his presence with me or I'd feel his smile upon me or if I blew it, I'd, I'd feel a sense of his grace no matter what I'd done. And, and that was a step forward in my prayer life that I began to regularly experience sort of the presence of God. And, and it became less of a, I sit down with my Bible, you know, at my desk and more, at the time, I just started walking, doing more prayer walks and sort of enjoying that time with God. But for me at that point and for most of my adult life, that's what prayer was. Prayer uh, at most was a one-way conversation with God, a one-way conversation. I expected that I, when I prayed, God would listen, but I never expected that God might speak back or God might reveal himself in new ways. And then I was invited to participate in what was called a prophetic prayer appointment. And if that sounds weird to you, it sounded very, very weird to me. I'm like, so you're going to like predict my future? And they're like, no, 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 it's nothing like that. We just want to pray. We want to ask God to bless you. And if the Lord seems to Want to say something, we'll, we'll try to offer that to you in ways that might be encouraging. And so I was like, okay, I'll, I'll try it. And there was a group of about five of us. And I got to tell you, that was a profound experience. It was new, some new muscles were stretched, some things that were outside of my, the box that I'd put God in, but it was really profound and, and powerful. And the thing that I took away from that was a, a, a sense that was given to one of the young men through a picture. And I'll offer what that is. See, what he said was, I see sort of this dry creek bed in my mind's eye. It just seems parched and thirsty, kind of like a a desert wilderness, a dry creek bed. And he said, and and now I see uh, waves like a flood and like wave after wave of God's Spirit kind of cascading over this wasteland. And then as that water subsides, it's lush and green with a a new stream of living water flowing through that wilderness. Well, for me, I felt like in that moment he was reading my mail. You know, I'd been a Christian for a long time, but my life, my prayer life, my life with God felt really dry, felt like a wilderness. And I welcomed the idea of the rain, the soothing, calm, you know, all of that. But I don't know that I was ready for like floodwaters of wave after wave. And yet I knew I didn't want to stay in that sort of dry place. And the picture ended with encouragement of when those things subsided, new life would flourish and emerge. And I had a sense that maybe God wanted to speak to me in that. And that continued from that day and continues even to this day. I've got to tell you, that picture sort of revealed where I was and also gave sort of a first encounter of not just experiencing the presence of God, but him showing up in ways uh, that brought encouragement, that let me know that he had plans for me, that even though floodwaters sometimes are difficult, uh, that it's uh, on the way for God doing something profound and beautiful in my life. And the cool thing about that isn't just what he's done in my life, but a sense of him allowing me to grow in encountering the presence and power of God's Holy Spirit. Since that day, I've gotten more from the scriptures in terms of words or phrases that seem to be from God. I've had more nudges or people that come to mind to pray for or different things like that where I feel like I'm experiencing more and more, not just God's presence, uh, but his power to understand what's happening. Honestly, I've begun to see and understand God speaks to me through pictures. I don't necessarily think of them as visions, but in that same way that young man was given a picture that applied to my spiritual life, I've been able to see that personally, and I've been able to offer that in ways that I've heard from others have been really meaningful, life-giving, that seem to to be a means of God speaking to them through the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. And by the way, it hasn't just been me. We've been seeing a rise uh, of prayer at Heartland for well over a year now. We've been seeing a rise in experiencing the presence and power of God in large and small ways as staff, as key leaders, uh, even in our worship experiences undergirded with prayer. We're experiencing the presence of power of God in, in amazing ways. And one of my favorite stories comes from a gal named Callie. Callie is just a normal gal, just like so many of you. She and her husband have come in, been coming to Heartland for a few years. More recently, uh, they've connected with Lisa Zolke and a small group uh, of women Now, Lisa is one that this leader, she's been very leery for most of her life about Holy Spirit stuff. She calls it woo-woo. Like that was not uh, something she was really uh, comfortable with. And yet in her journey, she's been seeing God show up with presence and power through prayer, through scriptures, through pictures, all of those things. And she's been training this younger, this group of women in terms of how to do that. And so Lisa calls me over. It was like a Wednesday in late January, early February, about two o'clock in the afternoon uh, to just sit in on this group. And she's like, Callie, you have to tell Seth what you just shared with me. And so Callie proceeded to tell this incredible story about how God spoke to her uh, through a vision. And this is the way she described her story, Callie did. It was during that time of, of real intense transition we were experiencing as a church and every one of us experienced it a little bit differently. And so during one of those Sunday services in the auditorium, Callie found herself sort of stepping back and looking around and seeing all the people and the ways they were thinking and processing, the uh, all, all of those things, seeing their faces. And then... She said as she kind of stepped back, what she saw was, in her words, a vision. And that vision was simply the big eight, the logo, the Heartland logo that's on the bumper stickers, that H. And she said she saw that, and it was on that big green wall opposite the auditorium. So if you were in the auditorium, you walk out the doors, there's the light box, beyond that is a large green wall. And Callie said she saw this H and it got bigger and bigger and it covered the wall, that green wall. And she said what was significant about that, it looked like that kind of arrows out image. And there were plenty of things that we'd already done and that God had done incredible things for the impact of what he wants to do in our church. But, he said, but she said there were also all these blanks on all these arrows pointed out. And those blanks were things God was still up to, things he wanted to do, things that he had in his heart for us individually and collectively as a church. I gotta tell you, I was just floored. I was amazed. I was so grateful because I've been on a journey of learning what it looks like to encounter God more and more through his presence and see him move in power. But this is, Callie's just a normal person and she's experiencing the presence and power of God in new and profound ways, and I believe that is available for all of us. I believe that we all can encounter the presence and power of God. The prophet Joel says, "'In those days I will pour out my Spirit on all people.'" Your old men will see visions. Your young men will dream dreams. I will pour out my spirit on all people, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. They will see and hear from me and pass along those good words, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. God gave Callie that image that was on our building (laughs) that he gave that first church, that it starts in Jerusalem and goes to the known world. I'm amazed by that. I believe God has incredible things in store for us individually and collectively, but it will only be achieved to the degree that everyone, men and women, young and old, all of us, are able to in more ways encounter the presence and power of God because we cannot do these things in and of our own power. But God can and he will. So what do we do with this? Well, as I said before, for me, it's been a journey of prayer, that prayer is the pathway by which we encounter the presence and power of God. And the good news is we can all pray, and the good news is we can start where we are, and Jesus will help us along our way. So for you, if if prayer has been more of a duty or just something you kind of do because you have to at meals or whatever, my encouragement is to try to go from prayer as a duty to a discipline. Well, how do you do that? I just offer find a simple prayer plan and put it in a simple way at the same time each day. Around here, we've been using this Heartland prayer plan. I think it's on the screen behind you, which is just saying four simple things to God. God, you are. It's our way of praising him for who he is. God, I'm sorry. It's a way of repenting and saying ways you blew it. God, thank you. Thank you for the ways you've blessed my life. And God, would you please? And that's where we make our requests to God. If for you, prayer feels like a duty, just pick up a simple prayer plan like this or there are many others and begin the discipline of prayer. Disciplines are just things that you wouldn't normally or naturally do that help you over time do these things normally and naturally. Well, maybe for you, you've been doing the discipline of prayer, but you you want more. You want to grow in your desire for God. And that's great. And so hopefully today could be a catalyst for you just to pray for more and more of God's Holy Spirit. You know, as I said, for me, that journey used to be just, it was a one-way conversation. I didn't know that there was any more. But you're invited to have an ongoing communication and relationship with the living God. A two-way conversation. Well, how, how can you do that Scriptures are very clear, you just ask. This is what Jesus said in Luke uh, chapter 11, I believe it was. Luke chapter 10, talking about the gift that God wants to give. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask? And so this is just our opportunity to ask. God wants to give that gift. Here are a few ways you can choose to ask. They're on the screen. Prayer is just simply praying to God, asking for his Holy Spirit, and then leaving a little bit of space for him to respond in some way. Saying a prayer, leaving some space where he might respond in some way. So around here, we, we've used phrases like, come, Holy Spirit, come. And you may even, if you choose to do that, just lift your hands in a posture of like wanting to receive. Set aside five or ten minutes and just pray, come, Holy Spirit, come. Or it could be this phrase from a song that's been powerful. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Ask for his presence and just pay attention to a nudge, to a name, to a scripture that comes up, to an area of your life, whatever it is. If we will ask, God says he will give us the promised Holy Spirit. Another one some folks enjoy around here are Psalm 4610. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. And if you say that phrase and then just keep taking off one word at a time, it sort of leads to this sort of uh, powerful little journey of be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am that name of God. Be still and know. Give yourself five or 10 minutes, but pray these prayers asking God to show up and paying attention to what he does or says. There's one more last point that I'll share as I invite the band to come forward. Some of us are familiar with the discipline of prayer, and some of us are even familiar with encountering God's presence through prayer. And if that's you, it's time to take it to the next step. And what I mean by that is it's time to pray into a movement of the power of God to transform the lives of the people around us. See, God gave his promised Holy Spirit to that first church, yes, uh, to bless them and encourage them and speak to them, but the end in mind wasn't just for themselves. The end in mind was for the good news of Jesus, for his spirit to be unleashed into the world. And the way the Lord goes and takes new territory is he begins by getting his people praying, and as we're praying, we become the answers to the prayers that are being offered. And so as I've been sort of trying to cultivate my life of prayer and those prayer walks, I begin to do that around Heartland, just pacing around the building or in my neighborhood, pacing around my neighborhood. And yes, I'm connecting with God in some cool ways, but I'm also asking him to take new ground through his power and his presence. See, this is available to you and I as well. Some ways we can do that corporately uh, on Tuesday mornings, from eight to nine by Zoom. We are praying and we're praying specifically for our day uh, and for those struggling with the COVID crisis. If you have struggled or know someone who is or want to leverage your faith through prayer, that's a great opportunity to do that. Heartland is part of a group of churches in Kansas City called Pray KC. And Pray KC is a part of churches throughout our nation who want to have prayer permeate our country. And so different churches and believers are taking a day a month and believers are taking an hour in that day. And Heartland is gonna do the last Monday of every month. It officially starts in May, but tomorrow's the last Monday of April. Heartland, let's get after it. Let's pray for the presence and power of God to be unleashed into our world. A way I've done this sort of in my family and neighborhood is just through the website, Bless Every Home. I have a heart for the neighbors who live near us and uh, Bless Every Home is a way. I've just put in my little subdivision and there's a map I can see where different people live. And each day I get an email that just has the names of five of my neighbors to pray for. And I got to tell you, as I'm praying for God's movement in our neighborhood and blessings for those around me, I am seeing him show up in some very cool ways. That's open to you just as it is for me. Heartland, we are all in this together as Stella has so eloquently reminded us. And, And it's difficult that we can't hold hands right now. But I wonder if this is an opportunity like never before. See, it's great when we can gather together, but when we're gathered together, we're not watching in living rooms and conference rooms and patios. It's great to be together, but what we wanna see is the movement and kingdom of God unleashed with his presence and his power everywhere we live and work and study and play. And I'm not saying God caused all this, but I am saying God can use this because wherever his people go, he brings the presence and the power of God. And so Heartland, will you join me wherever you are uh, on your spiritual journey, wherever you are at in proximity to pray. Pray for God's presence and his power. Pray that his kingdom would be unleashed in our time, in our day, in new and fresh ways. Will you join me in that? And to that end, let's just pray together a simple prayer of come, Holy Spirit, come. I'm gonna do that. You can do this wherever you are. You may choose to open your hands in a posture of receiving. We'll pray and leave a little space to see what, if anything, God might want to say to us. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. spirit of the living God fall afresh in new ways so that each person tuning in can experience the presence and power of God in ways that change us and change the world around us. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.